All right. Well, good morning, church. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Sorry that we're a, a minute late getting on here, um, but we just had a little bit of a catch up with all of our streaming services, but we're so glad that you guys are here. Uh, we're so glad that you guys are joining us. Um, and so I actually have a couple questions for Pastor Lisa, just as we allow people to get on the feed um, and jump on here or on YouTube. And so these we've been doing some uh, some like would you rather questions, but we, we want to go a little bit more like in depth. Uh, with Pastor Lisa this morning. So I have a couple questions for you. The first one is, what is the craziest memory you have from college? So me and crazy don't don't really super big. Um, But I did get into a whole car war, or my house did. So we were in a dorm house Mm -hmm. instead of a dorm building. and So much preferable. Well, 13 girls. In like in one house. In one house, there are five rooms. Okay, I take that back. So it was it was cozy, <laughs> um, but one night we were coming home and all these masked guys jump out of the bushes and start throwing water and flower balloons inside Whoa. my car. Wow. So I mean, we can't just leave that. Retaliation has to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but all we really had were the things in our house with so like window markers and oatmeal. Uh-huh. And so we put... Because <laughs> those are the essentials of a college student is window markers and oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so, I mean, we were young adult girls. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really thought it through. So we had, like, put oatmeal all on the exterior <laughs> at night when it was damp. So in the morning, <laughs> when these poor guys came out to their cars, it was, like, cement <laughs> on their cars. And it started this whole huge war of, like... My car was saran wrapped, and right, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, that actually, wow, I never thought about like using oatmeal as like a weapon. And it so, is. wow, that's yeah. good to know. I have to keep that in mind. Uh, okay, as a child, yeah, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh man, a whole bunch of things. I always wanted to be in ministry, but I kind of would fluctuate because I was female. So I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a crown prosecutor. I wanted to be a pediatric oncologist. I had a lot of dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of the same way. I actually wanted to be a teacher and a lawyer as okay. well. Um, but yeah, I felt like mine changed weekly, okay. especially in high school. Yeah. My, I was pretty set on being a lawyer. And then I had a great guidance counselor who said, do you want to be married? And I said, yeah. And she's like, well, don't be a lawyer. Oh. Yeah. There you go. That's, I guess, an easy one. Okay, so now as an adult, yeah, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, so my first thought was a Disney princess, of course. Yeah, naturally. Um, but I keep telling Lucas that once we're done, like retirement age, once we are past this, we should be chaplains on a cruise line. That's Okay, that's actually like genius. Right? I think so. Or wow. at Disney World, they have a whole like wedding pavilion. And they would need somebody to marry people. Yeah. So we could, like, work wow. for Disney. That is, like, innovation yeah. of the finest right there. I think so. I would go on a cruise that you chaplained. Yeah? Yeah. You could come and hang out on the pool deck, and then we could yeah. do, like, the 45-minute Like, the, I don't think there's hopefully. any better place to, like, be cared for <laughs> pastorally than on a cruise. I think so. I'm in. I'm down. Okay, if you could start one, oh, I, I have to back up. Okay. When Pastor Lisa and I were talking about this, uh, before the service started, um, I was considering what I want to be yes. as an adult when I grow up. 
And this is like a secret of mine that only a few people know that I'm going to share with the whole world now. But I feel like I actually missed out on like part of my purpose in life. And part of that <laughs> purpose, so I think it's becoming a disco dancer. Yes, you should. Because there was one time where I was watching a TV show and they did a disco dance and it was like the world opened up before my eyes. And I feel like I missed out on part of my purpose. But you can learn because you have all this time. You know what? I've <laughs> My little sister actually told me that I should. You should. Um, and I have like not a dancing bone in my body. That's okay. Um, but in my mind, I would be a disco dancer. You should be a disco dancer. Okay. Okay. There so there was on Facebook people mm-hmm. wanting to see our staff do some sort of dance. <laughs> I forgot about this. Oh, no. So Marcus is just committed <laughs> in front of all of you to learn how to disco dance. Um, and we'll see where that goes. I feel like you being a, a cruise ship chaplain <laughs> and me having to do a disco dance now is like a very unequal trade. Um, but I mean, you're the boss, so. It's true. Okay. And the last question uh, is if you could start one new hobby, what would it be? Okay. Not dancing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I am not a super big hobbies person. Mm-hmm. I am a workaholic. Um, so just not working 24-7 has been... That's a fun hobby to take up. ...super challenging. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. But you've taken up a hobby. Okay. The hobby is journaling. <laughs> oh, oh. Or at least you have bought a journal. Okay, yeah, so... So you intend <laughs> to maybe take up a hobby. You know those five-year journals where it's like three lines? No. Okay, so it's a journal and it has spots for five years of entry on each day. Wow. But it's only three lines. So I have started journaling in there, mm-hmm. and I just realized today that I haven't done it for the past four <laughs> days. <laughs> so, well, you know, see. you know, for summer, right? Cool. Well, thanks, guys, uh, for joining us just as we let uh, people get on onto the feed. I do have just a couple announcements. So today is actually Palm Sunday, and we're so excited um, as we've kind of pivoted, obviously, onto online. Uh, we've been really thinking through what we're going to do for this week leading up to Easter. Um, and so we are going to take a journey together through Holy Week. Uh, and if you don't know, Holy Week is kind of from Sunday to Sunday between Palm Sunday and Easter. And so this afternoon at noon, uh, there's going to be a video that releases on Facebook and on YouTube uh, that kind of starts us off on that journey. And so we just want to let you guys know that that will be up kind of after the service is over. Uh, we would encourage you to... Uh, like walk through every day of Holy Week uh, with us together. And then following on every other day after today, those will be released at 7.30 in the morning. And we're doing that because if you want it to be part of your devotional time in the morning, uh, you're able to do so, or even just simply so that you have the option of the whole day uh, to be able to watch that video. So we're really excited to kind of be creative with you guys uh, and walk through in community together. And then the next one is drive through Generosity is still happening here at the church. So there's a couple ways to um, give while we're in this online season. The first one is online. So if you go to myevangel.church, in the bottom corner of any of our pages on our website, there's like a blue icon. If you click that, it'll lead you through all of uh, our giving uh, flow that allows you to give online. You're able to give a one-time gift. You're able to set up regular giving as well, uh, if that's what you're wanting. So that's one of our ways that we can do that. Another way is through um, coming into the church. So we're actually still here at the office during the week. And so our office hours are nine to noon. And then there's like a lunch break from noon to one. And then from one till four. And that's from Monday to Thursday. And then finally, uh, today you're actually able to give as well. 
So we're here at the church from nine uh, until noon. And so if you guys want to stop by as is traditional on your Sunday mornings, if you want to have a little bit of uh, those old habits back in place, we're still going to be here till noon. And so if you guys want to come in after our service and give then, uh, you're welcome to do so as well. But we just really appreciate your guys' generosity. It's been um, like blowing us away uh, just that your obedience and faithfulness towards uh, not just this church, but also towards God's mission as he continues to move even in a different way um, here as we kind of have all pivoted as uh, as a church, but also like across the globe. We also got our first mailed in type wow. this week. Nice. So if you don't want to leave home um, and you have stamps and envelopes, because you're amazing and have stamps and envelopes, just pop yeah. it in the mail. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Pastor Lisa. And then lastly, uh, one thing that we're needing is on Good Friday, we're going to be doing uh, a little bit of a service, but we're going to be doing uh, a little bit of a creative element with it. And so what we need is for each of you guys to find a rock. It can be whatever rock you want. It can be in your backyard. It can be as you go to the beach. Um, but we just need you to grab a rock for Friday because we're going to be using it in a little bit of a creative way, uh, just as we walk through a couple ways to uh, respond to the word that's given on Friday. And every person needs a rock. Yeah. Not just one per family, but everybody. So that's a great activity for the week is to go on a little rock hunt in case you need to. Um, that's all of my announcements, but we do have a very special segment that we're adding. Uh, it's just for yeah. this week. Uh, it's very important. And so get ready for it because Pastor Lucas is actually going to join. I'm going to uh, be leaving the screen right now, but Pastor Lucas is going to join and he's going to lead us through this next very important segment. Very. So pass it off to him. Very important. Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, so I had the opportunity to kind of open in prayer before uh, Pastor Lisa brings the word today. Uh, but before we did that, we, we thought we would settle something and we, we were going to crowdsource some marriage intervention. And so here, here's how it's going to work. Um, I have stopped shaving during this Corona season. And I, I have stopped kissing him during this Corona season. So, so it, it, it's, it's pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. I am. I am. I am not any under any illusion that this is good. Like, can we just bring your face closer to the camera so people can truly see? So <laughs> this is this is going to be what I'm calling the Keanu Reeves beard. Um, and if you ever seen Keanu Reeves with a beard, it's very patchy, but he pulls it off. So I think that maybe maybe I can pull it off too. So so here's the poll. We're gonna ask you guys a question. It's gonna pop up on the screen here. But the poll is this. Should I pursue my lifelong dream of having a beard during this season? I'm not out in public a whole lot. This is like the perfect time to kind of do this. You guys will be able to tune in week to week and see how bad it is every week. And uh, I just thought it'd be fun and this would be a great time. And I've always wanted to grow a beard, even though I know I can't, but I've always wanted to. So this or, is my dream. Or <laughs> should he put the needs of his wife above himself so, and save it. So whatever you guys decide, the polls are coming in. Uh, Pastor, just, just so you know, Pastor Marcus is, is in, is in support. Oh my goodness, you guys. He's in support on. of my beard. Anyway, so we're going to, we're going to keep that up just for a few moments. So make it quick. We're going to open in prayer during this time. Just a second. And whatever it comes out to at the end Ladies, is, is what I'm going to do. All right. Here we go. Let's, let's get spiritual now. Lord, we thank you for your goodness towards us. Lord, we celebrate the coming King. We celebrate 
your triumphal entry into Jerusalem today. We remember, Lord God, on this side of the cross, knowing exactly what it all meant. Lord God, we thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we will worship and we will praise you, and we give you thanks for all that you are and all that you've done and all that you will do. And so, God, as we turn to your word, as we dig into the truths of Scripture, and God, by your Spirit, would you lead and guide us in truth? Would you cause us to be those that deepen in faith in this season? Would you cause us, Lord, to be a church that is not divided in this moment of not being together, but rather be a place and a safe place to gather either digitally or over the phone that we would, Lord, relationally be deep in this season, both with you and with one another. And so, God, we thank you for all that you're doing in this season. We thank you, Lord, that you redeem all things. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I don't know that I can preach um, because I'm feeling super betrayed at the moment. Oh, my goodness. We had 80% vote that Lucas said keep his beard. Um, and so we're going to talk about that next week. <laughs> we're not doing an Easter service anymore. We're going to have an intervention on marriage. Okay. Well, thanks for your fun and just being part of that. And you'll get to suffer along with me on these live streams on how Lucas's beard looks as he keeps growing it out. But for this morning, thank you so much for being with us. We have almost made it to three weeks, and that is fabulous. So we'd love to hear how you're doing in the comments below. And just a reminder, both Pastor Lucas and Pastor Marcus will be in those comments. So feel free to interact with the service there. Treat it like our lobby. Check in with people. If you have um, prayer requests, feel free and go pray there. Interact with this message. But I do want to say if your prayer request is of a personal nature or perhaps it's on behalf of someone else, would you just um, send us a message or go on to myevangel.church forward slash prayer? And we will be praying as a leadership team. Um, we'll invite our board members into that as well. But we do want to respect the privacy of some situations and be in prayer, petition God, uh, but also honor people. So that is my little spiel. We've entered Holy Week, as we've kind of been talking about. And Easter is coming up really, really fast. And that's led me and maybe you to one more change of this whole COVID-19 unprecedented change crisis. And that is, how do you plan an Easter meal when you don't have all the ingredients? Like really, how do you decide what you're going to have for dessert? How do you decide what your side dishes are going to be when you can only make one trip to the grocery store and have to make do with that? I would love to know what it is that you are substituting the most in this crisis, food-wise. Um, if you want to go deeper, then you can do that. But for right now, let's just leave it lighthearted. We were going to make resurrection cookies with the kids for Easter. Um, and if you don't know what a resurrection cookie is, it's where you take the cookie dough and you wrap it around a marshmallow and you put that in the oven so it's full when it goes in the oven. And during the baking process, the marshmallow disintegrates and it's empty after you take it out, just kind of like the tomb. Jesus was in there, then he's not. 
Um, and so that was part of our plan, except that there are no marshmallows at the store. And so now I have to come up with some sort of creative substitution. And I'm not really sure how I'm going to do that. Substitution isn't always a bad thing, though, right? I mean, it can be a stroke of genius. I feel like most of those heavily, guard, heavily guarded family recipe secrets came up because of substitution, and they found something that was absolutely genius. In fact, here today in Hebrews 2, as we walk through this next section of scripture, we're going to see how substitution is actually the better option and how this substitution allows for lasting freedom. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews 2, verses 17 and 18. Hebrews 2, verses 17 and 18. And that is almost at the very, very back of your Bible. So just kind of flip almost all the way to the back, and you'll find it. Hebrews 2, verses 17 and 18. For this reason... He had to be made like his brothers and sisters in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So God, we thank you that you are the substitution for the law. But as is often the case, this substitution was the better option. And God, would you remind us of the truth of what this Easter week was about today as we dig deep into this passage? Holy Spirit, we call you the spirit of truth. Would you go forth in power and would your words change lives? Would you allow my own to float away? We love you. We are so excited to learn from you this morning and to learn about who you are. In your precious name. Amen. Substitution. So our very first one of this passage is in verse 17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And we don't often walk through the Old Testament, so some of the power of these two substitutions can get lost. So this morning, I want to shed a bit of light on both of those things high priest and atonement, and see the beauty of God's substitution for us. So in the nation of Israel, the high priest was the religious leader. This man from the line of Aaron, from the tribe of the Levites, was responsible to oversee the priests and to oversee the operation of the priests. He was the one who would hear from God and deliver edicts to the nation of Israel, if there were questions about the will of God or about something else that, that God would want for the nation as a whole, um, he was consulted. And perhaps most importantly, he would conduct this service on the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement was crucial for the nation of Israel. We can find it in Leviticus chapter 16. Um, which means that probably a lot of people haven't read about it because I'm certain Leviticus is the least read book of the Bible, right? I mean, if you do a, read the Bible in a year plan, most people falter as soon as they get to Leviticus. So the Day of Atonement was this crucial celebration, this crucial, it wasn't a celebration, moment in the nation of Israel. 
So we have to remember that prior to Jesus, the presence of God could not be among humanity. It had to stay separate to protect us as humans from the consequences of being in front of God in all of his glory. And that consequence was death. God was among his people, but he was in the holy of holies. So he was with, but he was separate. There wasn't this freedom like we have now to come boldly before God. There were incredibly strict rules and regulations instituted by God, directed by God, in order to protect the priest in all of his broken humanity from the perfection and the glory of God. So on this Day of Atonement, And I'm going to just kind of gloss over it because it's very complicated and very in-depth and there's so much good um, to grasp from it. But I just want to give you the context of it. So on this Day of Atonement, the high priest would make a sacrifice for himself and his household. He would make another sacrifice on behalf of Israel. And he would enter into the Holy of Holies to sprinkle the blood from those sacrifices on the mercy seat. And atone in that moment for all of the sins committed by Israel during the past year. He appeased the justice of God and paid the debt that the sin of the nation had left in that one moment. So here in Hebrews 2.17, we see that part of the reason Jesus became fully human was that he could become our high priest. And I don't want us to lose sight of the importance of that declaration by running really, really quickly to what we know, and that is Jesus is our atonement. I don't want to gloss over that to get to the second substitution, because this first substitution is just so important. Do you remember those roles I said that the high priest followed? Well, we see these walking out in the New Testament all the time. This role of Jesus as the high priest, yet we might not put it into those terms. We see Jesus being the head of the church, inviting all of those who believe into him, believe in him, to be part of the royal priesthood, walking through life in service and obedience to God. He's our high priest. We see that when we have questions about the will of God, when we want to know the heart of God, who do we go to? We go and reflect on the life of Jesus. We go to Jesus in prayer. He is our high priest. Who is our mediator appeasing the justice of God? Jesus, our high priest. We pray in his name. He is the bridge between the broken frailty of humanity and the perfect glory of God. Jesus is our high priest and he had to be made human in order to take the mantle of this very real role. This is not a hypothetical role. This is a job. It would be like Jesus needed to be made man to be a plumber. Like, yes, he would. He'd have to be human. And he, Jesus, had to be made man to become our high priest. He had to be the one to offer the sacrifice of his own blood to God on behalf of not just the nation of Israel, but broader, the entirety of humanity. We needed a high priest to be able to complete that transaction, to be able to make reparation on our behalf. Yes, without the atonement of Jesus, we are absolutely lost. 
but without the high priesthood to bring that sacrifice to the mercy seat of God, we are just as lost. Jesus was in that moment when he died on the cross and still is our high priest. In fact, Romans 8.34, Romans 8.34 tells us who then is the one who condemns us? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. We have a high priest who is there to remind us of the permanency of his sacrifice. We have a high priest who's there to lovingly guide us, to direct us. We have a high priest who is present and infallible and who continues to mediate between God and man. The substitute of Jesus for our high priest means that we have one who never sleeps, who is incorruptible, who always hears. That is by far the better substitution. But we also see that he's the substitute of atonement as we carry on in verse 17. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Since the garden when sin entered the world, a blood sacrifice has been needed to temporarily atone for the sins of humanity. The Day of Atonement was this annual tradition to exonerate the nation of Israel from the sins of the past year. Really, the Day of Atonement and every sacrifice could only play catch up to the sins that had already been committed. And then Jesus came. Jesus, our pure and spotless Lamb of God, who would take away the sins of the world, Jesus, who was completely pure, who was completely sinless, Jesus, who fulfilled all of the prophecies of old, sacrificed himself on the cross. He chose to become our atoning sacrifice. Jesus, who by rising again, conquered death itself and allowed that sacrifice permanency. This is the wonder of Easter, that Jesus would take the journey to the cross, that he would lay down his life for our wrongdoings, that he would rise again, not only so that his death would be um, the only sacrifice, but it would be the only sacrifice we'd ever need. The atoning blood of Jesus was the substitute for the band-aids for the catch-up and became permanent and secure and final. The debt was paid. And I don't want us to get into this moment of like looking at all of this as a band-aid solution and kind of catching or looking down our nose at this catch-up segment of history when God would ask for a sacrifice following this sin that was God's love. But no longer, because of this substitute of Jesus as our atonement, of Jesus as our high priest, versus the rules and rituals and the sacrifices and all of that, no longer would we have to go through all of that pomp and circumstances. Now, Jesus' sacrifice meant that it could extend past the moment of sacrifice past that moment when Jesus walked the earth to encompass and cover every human that would ever be born, every sin that could ever be perpetrated, all of them atoned for and forgiven. 
And in that moment when we choose to bow our knee and to come before our high priest, allowing him to be the head of our lives, to be the mediator between God and us, then our sins too are atoned for. I want to read this passage from you for you from the message. It's obvious, of course, that he didn't go to all this trouble for angels. It was for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then, when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. All the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. Jesus, the substitute of our frail fumblings of high priests and sacrifices. The substitute for the band-aid mentality until it was time for the permanency of Jesus to come. Friends, we know that the high priests and the sacrifices were the love and mercy of God. They were the only way for God to have relationship with humanity. They were the only way for God to be able to forgive the sins of broken and frail humanity until the time was right for Jesus to enter the scene. And now Jesus is the great love of God for us that he would willingly go to the cross, that he would endure all that this week is going to bring, that he would endure humanity itself, that he would conquer sin and death, that we could have a relationship with him, that we could be free of the consequences of sin and death. But let's not forget in the wonder of the atonement of Jesus on the cross that he is our high priest that he is present in our lives today, that he listens and guides and directs us, that he still desires to be the head of our lives. He is a merciful and faithful high priest who has made atonement for our sins, as verse 17 states. And if this morning you don't have that relationship with God, if you haven't asked Jesus to be that substitute for you, atone for your sins, then I want to invite you into that this morning. The Bible tells us that we've all done things that have separated us from God. The Bible calls that sin, and it tells us that sin has consequences. And I know in my life, I have walked through the consequences of bad choices. I've walked through the consequences of broken relationship and the natural consequences that we want to teach our kids about, but that all pales in comparison to what the Bible tells us is the consequence of our sin. And it's twofold. It's a life right now apart from relationship of God, but it's also an eternity apart from God. The reality of both of those things are consequences that will always pale in comparison to no matter how big or devastating the natural consequence in the here and now is. And sometimes we don't grapple with that, with the depth and the level of consequence, the debt that our sin has left us. And that's what makes the good news of Jesus as our atonement so incredibly massive. The wonder of Easter, the reason why we have this huge celebration for these 
this Passion Week or those three days from Good Friday to Easter Sunday because he really did die on a cross to be the substitute for us, to be able to atone for our sins, to take that consequence on himself and from himself pay the debt that we created. And he really did conquer death by coming back to life. And with that act, his atonement was made permanent. And the Bible tells us that even now he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, that he loves us, that he longs to have a relationship with us, and that all we need to do is ask. I know it seems too good to be true. Maybe you're sitting there and you're just thinking, but you don't know my story. Friend, then you don't know the vastness of the atonement of Jesus. If you think that there are walls and barriers, then I would invite you to ask Jesus to show you the vastness of the sacrifice of atonement. What he did on the cross meant that it doesn't matter, that there's absolutely nothing that you could ever do that would change his love for you. Sometimes I'll just draw my kids in clothes. And I'll look at them and I'll just say, you need to know that nothing you could ever do would change how much I love you. And if that can be true of a mom with her kids, that is absolutely true of a God who created and loves you. Friend, there is nothing that could stand in the way or be greater than the atonement of Jesus on that cross. If you want that relationship with God, it's yours. There's no fancy ritual to go through like the Day of Atonement. There aren't special words that we have to pray. It's just coming to God humbly and honestly, declaring what you know is true, what we've just been talking about, inviting him to be your high priest, to be the head of your life, and asking for that gift of salvation. So this morning, if you want to have a relationship with God, I want to invite you to pray. And we're just going to pray and just echo after me in the safety of your home or wherever you're sitting. But God loves you too much to let you walk out of this moment without hearing of his great love for you, of the relationship he desires to have with you. So if you would desire that for yourself, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I admit right now that I have sinned and that the consequences of that are death and separation from you. But I believe that you, Jesus, are fully God and fully man and that you went to the cross to be my substitute and in that act you paid my debt I choose right now to surrender to you to invite you as high priest into my life 
I desire a relationship with you. In your precious name, amen. Well, if you made that commitment today, I am rejoicing with you, and I would love to help you take the next steps in a relationship with God. And a great place to begin is just to start reading the Bible. And if you don't have one, you can visit myevangel.church forward slash Bible, and we'll get started. But I want to ask you to take the bold step of letting us know, either in the comments or in a message, that you took this step today because we were never meant to do this faith journey alone. And we want to walk with you on that path of looking more and more like Jesus. If you are one of our Evangel Church family or someone that's visiting and you have that relationship with Jesus, can I encourage you not to lose sight of the fact that we have a high priest who is head of our lives, who asks for our obedience and surrender, but who is also faithful to lead and direct and is always, as this verse told us, ready to help uh, because he's walked through this human life with us. He is a far better substitute than anything else we could turn to. Well, friends, we want to thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, don't forget, 12 o'clock, we do have a release of just a special uh, Holy Week uh, series that we're going to do every day. And we just hope that it leads you through a journey um, as we kind of mirror Jesus' journey to the cross and maybe unpack a little bit more of what uh, an understanding of what he did for each and every one of us. And also, uh, as Pastor Lisa had said, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you've given your heart to Jesus and this is kind of a, a first time moment for you, we would love to just interact with you. If you visit myevangel.church forward slash prayer, uh, the link is in the comments there. And just visit that link and just tell us your story. We would love to hear from you and kind of walk this journey out with you. If you're on Facebook, you can DM us um, or visit that link as well and just fill that out. And we would love to just kind of hear your story and be in, in contact with you and begin the conversation about what this salvation journey can look like for you. So thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Again, 12 o'clock, we do have a special premiere, and that'll be on both YouTube as well as Facebook. And God bless. Have a great day, everyone.